What you're hearing now is the sound check to the Sydney gig of Polish Club's tour. They're running over time and there's plenty of tech problems. Then, before they could finish the song, someone was knocking at the front door, calling out for JH. So JH stops and goes to see who it is. Hello, John. Hello. Uh, my name is Mary, uh, and uh, I used to work at Alcatel. Oh, did you? And you were there. This is Mary Hong. Mary is an adorable 80-year-old, and she was reading the paper on the weekend. There was a profile on Polish Club's new album and how they were touring it. It caught her attention because Mary, as it turns out, worked with JH's dad 30 years ago when JH was born. Very good. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I haven't seen it um, until I read the newspaper on Sunday oh, about right. you, and I looked at you, and you looked like your dad. Oh, yeah. In the article, John mentions that it's hard to be on tour because you often get sick. And it was coming into winter, so... And I, I heard you have been sick. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I got a little gift, a oh, little oh, drink, oh, and oh, a little dude. chocolate. Oh, thank you. So Mary brought herself down to Manning Bar on a rainy Saturday night to bring a present. Just some soup, some strepsils, and some chocolate. You, you like reading? Yeah. I thought you, your daily clothes would guide you to be a doctor. Oh, no. You're not interested. Uh, it's a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly rock and roll. No TVs being thrown out of hotel rooms or anything like that. But maybe rock is dead, and it's been replaced by this. I think I better bring my wife. Oh, oh thank you, John. Yeah. <laughs> See you Bye, Mary. And that suits me fine. Polish Club have released their second album, Iguana. And they seem really down about the whole thing. And now they have to tour it all over the country. This is Polish Club's... The classic understanding of going on tour is all parties and pyrotechnics. Big venues and kicking on, sex, drugs and all that. But of course, that's not exactly how it goes. I wanted to get Polish Club talking to the hardest touring musicians I'd ever heard of. People who'd been there, done that. All our exes live in Texas are the combination of four singer-songwriters, Alana Stone, Georgia Mooney, Hannah Crofts and Katie Whiten. They won the aria for Best Blues and Roots album for their debut, When We Fall. And it's full of four-part harmony and folk instruments playing weird and wonderful songs. All our exes live in Texas would have been through it all. So I got Polish Club in a room with Alana and Georgia from the band and maybe they'd come to some sort of understanding about each other's position. Particularly when it comes to touring an album you have a lot riding on. Um, how are you two? Pretty good. Good. We haven't seen each other in a little while. Yeah, we are fresh. We yeah. have fresh eyes oh. upon the prizes. Oh. Yeah. It's nice. Okay. Does it feel good? Is it like riding a bike? You just <laughs> slip back into that. Have you seen me ride a bike? No, but I'm, I mean, it's if we awkward. find one. <laughs> once said that um, looking at my face was like going on a Kentucky holiday, which is an insomplement in when you think about it. It sounds nice initially. There's a lot it's to unpack. very backhanded. I meant it, <laughs> meant it in a nice way in that it's like getting 
very drunk and sort of like getting possibly getting into a bad situation. Oh, <laughs> in a good way. Okay, that's what Georgia in a, in a symbolizes. Place that you've never been before. <laughs> yeah, dangerous and sexy times on a Greek island. <laughs> Um, that's good. Congratulations on your face. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations on your face. You've uh, played shows with us before. Mm-hmm. Um, d- did you find us um, <laughs> ha- happy or a- sad on tour? Like, what was your takeaway from You're asking a, we a, a, an opinion of yourself from someone else? I yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm curious to see what the um, uh, what the takeaway from our vibe on tour is. Of, what do you no, because I feel like we've talked a lot about um, being on tour and the uh, trials and tribulations of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to see if we yeah, seemed uh, like we were enjoying ourselves. I feel, like, I feel like Novak's going like going to lead on to something else from this question. So, yeah, go. Fuck that's cryptic, John. Only time will tell. (laughs) Nope, this will be an absolute cul-de-sac. I feel like there's a better question. This is leading nowhere. (laughs) No, it's just a shit question in general. Sorry, mate. We can move. Fuck it. No, No, fuck it. Fuck it. We'll move on. You guys seemed really chirpy on tour. That's all I'm saying. Okay, great. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, you seem quite happy and upbeat and available. You're always smiling. Yeah, smiley guys. You're That's smiley how guys. I would describe you. Yeah, on the outside. Yeah, totally. Okay. When, when was that tour? I can't even remember. It was July oh, last year. That was like a year ago. Yeah. Fuck. Well, almost. Time flies, huh? But, um, like I know, hang on. Time doesn't fly, is my point. <laughs> <laughs> it's crawling. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> the long haul. I feel about like 30 years older than. Yeah, I feel like 100. Why did you ask that question? Yeah, what was the point? I, f- I feel like... I don't know. I just did. Do you Something want to, to say. check? <laughs> wondering maybe if you want to ask them about their experiences on tour compared if, if you're worried about your experiences while doing mm. Ah, Did is this that, that empathy a, that people yeah, were yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was <laughs> interviewing as a ah. idea. Of like that. It was such an egotistical question. I thought, I but thought it's my, you it's, had it's some my kind podcast. of like turnaround. Well, it's up to you on how this goes, obviously. But I feel like. <laughs> well, what is your emotional stability like, generally speaking, on tour? Uh, actually, it's quite good. I think yeah, we're it, back on on you again. <laughs> I enjoy touring. I find it the point of being in a band and the funnest part and the most like uh the part that makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Um what how do you find like do you enjoy it or are you like a studio person or a writing person? You know, like some people enjoy the writing process a lot more than the actual playing of the songs. I think I'm more like you. I quite like the functionality of like playing to humans and um, I quite like the team, like the, the gang mentality of just getting going around being like, we all we're together and we're the best and let's go out there and let's do this. Boys, boys, boys. Blood spot. Um, and I, I do love the studio. Like I've, they're very different. They're very different animals. Um, but uh, the touring the way we we were doing it anyway is very difficult in terms of um, just energy and um, just yeah. the – it's quite mo- monotonous at times like uh, driving and, and especially guys- when you're at a level where you're still like answering a lot of emails and doing merchandise and things like that. Yeah, because you guys do everything, yeah. right? Yeah. You guys toured hardcore <laughs> – we do it hardcore. We do it as hardcore as I think you can. For how long? How long? <laughs> real yes men for a while. Um, the for how? Well, well, how 
How long? Well, we kind of, for a time, we were doing about, it felt like we were away nine months of the year, but that was probably for how for many years? Two years. But and then Far the year out. before that was maybe six or seven months that year. I don't know. It was a pretty chocker block. Three or four years. Yes. If you don't mind me asking, was it easy to afford to do that? Because every time we go on tour, it's kind of like you can stand to make money and have it be a profitable thing. But like the lead up to every single show, there's like a, oh, you got to invest the money in like advertising and pay for tickets and like accommodation, all that stuff. Well, weirdly, I think that's kind of how it blew out is because you would plan a certain few dates and then something else might come up a couple of weeks later, which would bankroll those ones. So you're like, oh, well, we have to do that. And then, then, then you get it. while we're there, we may as well do these ones. And then there'd be another one that's quite well paid. And then there'd be like three that are not well paid. And you're like, so you keep saying yes to all the things because they sort of balance out eventually. It's doing the shows you don't want to do so you can afford to do the ones you do want to do. Yeah, a little bit. But, uh, but by the end of things, we I mean, all the sh- we haven't really had any awful shows. We've done some. No. We've ruggedly ones. But <laughs> <laughs> I think we just did some at a point when we were so exhausted. Like for our creativity, we should have had a little rest, but we kind of had maybe an extra six months of, of stuff where we were trying to make our money back to some degree. Yeah. And um and I think it sort of we yeah, were also was tiring. Cost cutters in the sense that we often shared beds and sometimes we were like <laughs> two double beds in a room, everybody in the room. And that was our favourite thing to do at the start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that gets all quick. At those six years, yeah, we were like family Push room, the double beds together. together. <laughs> One if, big bed. Yeah, even if there were separate beds. Uh, it was actually quite weird for me at the start because everyone would want to be in bed together and I was like, what is happening? happening um and I uh, but I kind of got into it and also it was just like we had to because we could only afford to do that and we could only afford to sort of drive ourselves places and do our own merch um but yeah it was it was there was something about it I felt like we were this problem solving unit and it just didn't matter what cropped up we could just sort of like all attack with kind of these five prongs we had this great manager the five of five us. prong attack. Yeah, it was just like we felt kind of indestructible. Circled and destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> it felt a bit indestructible for quite a while. <laughs> and then um, and then it felt really, really hard as well. Do you think the strength in numbers that you guys have, because there was the four of you and then your manager, does that help give you a bit of a reprieve from the monotony of touring? You've got these different people to bounce off. You've got, um, you know, if someone's annoying you or not even annoying you, but like if you need something new or whatever, <laughs> if, if Alana's giving you the shits. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it feels more of a party atmosphere when the more people there are there, like sometimes when it's just us two, it's like yeah. we're yeah, like an old. I'm going to be the party, you know. Yeah, I I'm imagine. never the party. <laughs> <laughs> Poor John. But like was that a big reason of why that camaraderie felt great to you? I think so. It was definitely it was definitely a bit of a party bus. I was thinking um yesterday I played story games with a friend of mine and we, so we had like huh? <laughs> 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 we if we were doing long long stints in the car we came up with a lot of games to play and then we like <laughs> They're very wholesome. It'd be like (laughs) everyone has to think of an idea. (laughs) Everybody has to wank real fast. What's your favorite song? (laughs) 
Nothing, nothing more wholesome than wanking on a bus. Whoever it's wins. time for wanking to the Bible <laughs> with all our exes live in Texas. Whoever Can you get past Genesis? Go. <laughs> the like we we played story time, which story is like, time, yeah. which is like you have to think of a, a topic and then the other person has to tell a story about it, and then you can tell a true or a false story, and then you have to guess whether the story is true or false. It was really cute, yeah. and like quiz games where you buzz in and stuff. Yeah, we had a few adorable games. games. Yeah, but and you we had, had jobs as well. We had like um, um, macas. No, KFC. like I think I sort of sometimes was activities captain. And then, like, you were food captain. You were a lot was, of captains. <laughs> You're accommodation captain. <laughs> Georgia knows how to uh, have a great time. And uh, when we were in uh, the best, the best time. <laughs> the way I you think, said that made it sound like such a backhanded compliment. It wasn't. It was, it was like, like to to have a good time. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she's a hooker. She's fun. <laughs> <laughs> She knows how to have a good time and get paid for it. <laughs> All right. If your client is when just I good times and activities. Roll, <laughs> what I meant. We definitely discussed that. Yeah, what were you that was definitely a possibility. I was the George captain like of captain being. You were merch captain. That's unreal. That's the responsibility of them all. Um, no, but George Social and I. Social justice captain. <laughs> I was definitely not that. Um, George and I enjoyed on the road doing little things that were, um, I don't know, just very touristy. So at one point, the best time I think I had uh, on tour maybe, if Katie and Hannah hear this, it will be terrible, (laughs) but um, we did do a No one's going to hear this. Whenever someone says that on this, Dave's always like, no. The mic's unplugged. Yeah. Lord us to your weird race car track. No electricity. (laughs) Welcome back to Get All Our Exes Out of Texas, Out of the House. All Our Exes Out of Texas. Get them out of Texas. Tired guys. Um, George and I went on a Segway tour of Los Angeles, of Beverly Hills, and we went down Rodeo Drive on Segways (laughs) with helmets on, like looking over rich people and sort of commenting on their hairdos. And it was We thought we were so badass. We were like, nice jumper. Have you noticed that you have a particular relationship dynamic when it comes to touring? Sure as shit isn't like the one you guys have by the sound of it. It doesn't sound as fun. Aww. Uh, we have our whoa. moments. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it doesn't sound as, uh, yeah, that came out wrong. It's kind of like a married couple. We're like a married couple that just kind of like sits in silence. You know, it's it's very. I think <laughs> it's very it much nice. more um, like an old relationship rather than a f- like a exciting friendship. We have we have a great time, but what I was trying to say is, it's like when you've been in a relationship for ages and it's like comfortable to like do nothing and be silent, yeah. and then you know mm. you can turn it on and off like that. You know, That's there's great. no. Um, uh, I don't feel the pressure to be like, ooh, John, let's do something fun. Let's go skating. Let's go. You guys, go on a segue tour. <laughs> that would be fun, though. Like, there was do part of me that was like super jealous when you mentioned all that stuff. <laughs> usually, it's like, uh, usually our activities, like, especially on the last tour overseas, was. How quick? How quickly can we get back to the hotel uh, air conditioned room so like, we could take all our clothes off and, and like lie in bed? Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> it's a married couple. It's Isn't so it funny nice? how sexual that sounds and how 
unbelievably oh, yeah. not sexual <laughs> it is. Like you'd walk in, I'd walk into like be first to walk into the hotel room. The, hear the door close behind me, turn around and he'd already be in his underwear. It's just like leg up, like burger in hand. Kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Was, it, was it very hot where you were? No. no. <laughs> Have you guys got superpowers that you use on tour, like incredible navigational skills or like a ability really to with... find delicious food? He's good. Or... He's very good at navigating and driving. He's good at driving. Too. What's the opposite of a superpower? Because <laughs> John has that for driving. <laughs> yeah. He always makes fun of me deficit. for driving. Because I'm very responsible. <laughs> <laughs> safe. What? Are you very safe? so safe, I'm unsafe. Okay. Like slow on the highway sort of thing. Like, no, but like, like going over the That's speed slow. limit for a hot second, then realizing they're going like way oh, under the like speed limit. Person. And then going, why, why are all these people overtaking me, man? <laughs> I'm just Slightly park, anxious driver. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't drive very often. It's the, it's the, uh, but, Dave, but the thing is that uh, Dave is a very good driver. Thank you. It, he, oh, he's the nice. driving equivalent of <laughs> anxiety. Nice to Dave. Uh-huh. I know. He's not that nice to you. <laughs> no, he's beautiful. He's a beautiful boy. What's my what's my superpower? Is it actually getting up and doing stuff and being? Oh a healthy yeah, yeah. Human being, being being conscious is my. Yeah, I kind of conscience, con- conscious, conscious. Awake, just awake. What's the word? Ironically, not asleep. <laughs> Lucid. Like proactive. Is that what you mean? Like you'll get up in the no, morning no, no, and like you'll just do like exercise and stuff. Novak will just sleep till the afternoon. <laughs> just, no, I, I, get, I get really. Um, it's a cool soup. <laughs> He wakes up. Awake get, man. <laughs> awake man. He wakes up at a reasonable hour. Can't do hour. anything without the other guy, but I am awake. <laughs> I can't do the show. My superpower is dealing with Novak when he's sleepy in the mo- when we have to get up early. Yeah, I'll yeah, pay that's, that. that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm the opposite of a morning person. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, John's superpower is being a normal, healthy human being. <laughs> And dealing That's with so a, dealing with an abnormal, not healthy human being. <laughs> just, Do you guys party I'm just on abnormally tour? not very good at driving. I guess. <laughs> we don't really party on tour. Oh, that's right. You said you we we race drink home quite as fast a bit as possible, and we tend to get inebriated. We were definitely like most of the time, like our audiences when we go on tour occasionally, our audiences would like be older and we'd be like, oh, let's just go back to the hotel and we'll have a peppermint tea and go to bed. And then occasionally. Watching episode of Queer Eye. Yeah. There's a lot of like watching shows and JVN, having teas. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally we'd have a show where there was kind of like young people and it was very exciting. And then we would completely like blow our own minds drinking and doing whatever was going. And we wouldn't even last till 9 p.m. Like just because we got too excited. <laughs> <laughs> and we kind of just peaked too soon is yeah. how I would describe it. That's one. I'm thinking of one particular occasion, but I think um, we, whenever we would party, it would be like a big, quite a big deal and we would all Until up. 9 o'clock. Yeah, until 9 o'clock <laughs> when we would go to bed. In the, in the morning or at night? Um, at well, there night. was the one particular time <laughs> I was thinking of was at Taos, in Taos, New Mexico, which um, we'd driven nine hours from Flagstaff or seven hours from Flagstaff to get to Taos, New Mexico for a 4.30, 4pm gig, you can correct me. Um, and we'd, we'd gotten up at 6am to get there and it was a festival and we're really pumped. And But as we drove across the state line, um, daylight saving 
kicked in or, or kicked off and we basically lost an hour and we got there maybe about five minutes before we were supposed to play. Mm. They cancelled our show um, and we were pretty bummed because we'd dr- driven quite far um, and also stayed in a quite a murdery hotel on the way there. So murdery. <laughs> murdery. It was scary. Police tape around. <laughs> Literally oh, right. murdery hotel. <laughs> Not exaggerating. Not exaggerating yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so by the time we got there we were sort of – so delirious and a bit relieved also that we didn't have to play because of all the driving and no sleeping. Um, And then there were just, there was booze everywhere. There was quite a lot of like hippies and what, like it was the first young people we'd seen in quite some time. Yeah. And we just got really blazed and also. Mostly deadheads. (laughs) Yeah. Like hippies in the middle of the desert dressed in sort of like almost spacesuits. Like it was pretty out there. Sleeping in silver caravans. Yeah, that kind of thing. It was weird. And um. Yeah, we just got super blazed and, and <laughs> passed out by like I literally passed out. I felt like unconscious in the car park, and um, around seven maybe, <laughs> very early. I think even <laughs> we'll pretend that's seven a.m. But earlier <laughs> yeah, than that, yeah. and um, and George kicked on for a bit. She doesn't remember so much of it. <laughs> really greened out. Basically, couldn't find forwards. <laughs> and then called Katie crying. Anyway, that's Katie fine. took Katie came and ferried <laughs> us all home one by one and tucked us into bed. We we're all in bed by nine. Yeah. Um, so it's very play. efficient partying. Oh, not for Katie. She was just the taxi driver. <laughs> so you didn't play a gig and you just like beat and you just got blazed. Yeah, we didn't play a gig. No, we didn't yeah. even play. Far out. Are you able to do that kind of stuff and then still back it up with a decent gig and then sing four part harmonies? I don't know. I Probably can't. not very well. No. Just drop it down a two part. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if we get, <laughs> we've definitely Tonight's done that. So we'll be sung entirely like, in unison. That is the great thing. That is so. <laughs> Who was that talking? And down Who the that octave. Thing? That was the four of them all at once. Yeah, was the yeah. <laughs> Down the octave. That is a mega bonus of having four singers is that right. you can literally opt out of, of songs and just go like, I'm not going to be taking this next line. Does everyone, so <laughs> everyone can uh, <laughs> sing each song by themselves technically? Are you all able no, to but do you, that? You're, you're only the lead singer of two or three songs a night and then the other ones you're doing BVs and you can just kind of, you know, Pick rest, and choose rest which- a bit. <laughs> You can wreck other people's songs, no problem. Can you sing other people's songs? We put a lot of energy into our shows and we perform them with a lot of care and uh, technique. Can you sing other people's songs in whatever that, like, harmony is? You can't, your brain can't, like, go to the actual lead. So if everyone drops out. No, they're proper musicians, We did it. (laughs) No, but I remember trying, we did a gig as a trio once without Hannah and I was like, yeah, I'll do one of her songs and then I got through like two lines and was like, oh, I've never listened to Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) Not one time. It's like I'm so bored of these songs I've heard a million times. (laughs) I could sing this on my head and you go to sing like the first line, you're like, I've no idea what you've ever sung. (laughs) No idea. Who are you? No idea. I do that with our own songs and I'm the only singer. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you did that last night. Yeah. And we were talking last week with Wade about like how we've all like listened to the album so much. We're already sick yeah, of the new good, song. Man, blah, blah, blah. Good, let's do uh, this. We went to practice the songs for the first time, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like one one song has like you have you say like fourteen, but you I think you said like sixteen. Sixteen. It's the single which is out. I've heard a billion times. I had twenty thirty. Keep them guessing. 
Just, yeah, say a different number. So stressful. Yeah. <laughs> it is so stressful. Do you get stressed, Dave, about like because you're the vocal, you're the main vocalist? Sorry if you're also the main vocalist. But um, do you ever get stressed? <laughs> no, yeah, you've seen us play, I've right? I've seen you. Yeah. Um, do you ever get stressed about your voice and like the health of the vocal hygiene stuff? I'm stressed about it right now. <laughs> Just because I brought that up. It's, yeah, that's a big part of why I don't do anything on tour because it's like yeah. Well, I, your like songs I, are big things as well. That's yeah, stupid. I don't do myself any favors. Oh, and the new awesome. album is literally like at the top of my range between like breaking into falsetto and and there's a lot of actual falsetto too. And now I'm just like, I might have to pitch some down. I might have to... I might have to take over. I, I might have to quit. John might have to do it. Um, you can get the little Mariah Carey button. Yes. Get the button, get the button. I would love to What's get that? the button, please. She's got uh, like a... Like bail, like she can bail it. A bail button, yeah, where she can just, if it's getting a bit scary, she presses a button and then there's a track comes in that does it, that particular bit. Wow. I, um, I was impressed by, I saw Rihanna one time yeah. and she was, geniusly, she got a backing singer that had literally the exact same vocal timbre as her. Mm. So I couldn't tell when she was singing or when it was BVs, but yeah. I know for a fact that it wasn't her a lot of the time because she had the mic down. And I'm like, it still sounds like Rihanna singing. And I'm like, there's someone else back there who's not lit. <laughs> I can literally sing everything. So I was like, I might have not heard Maybe Rihanna Maybe that's actually Rihanna. And she, she got someone who the looked ultimate. like her. Oh, yeah. She's like, I've got a big pimple today. But it's genius. <laughs> that, that's why like, I'm excited about having um, Wade on tour for this one because it's someone else to not only bounce off in terms of energy, but like take that load off where I can like relax yeah. and not have to... This is pre-show he's talking about. Take that load <laughs> and just relax. <laughs> Does Wade know that he's signed up to be your professional worker? <laughs> Oh, masturbator. Masturbator. There's no secrets with Wade. He knows. But that must be an amazing feeling, having four people who can all sing. So it's like the worst that can happen is it's handy. W- what you pull out at some point. But well, if someone's always- really sick, we can always drop that person's two songs drop and then drop them off. Drop, we just <laughs> knock, <laughs> rub them out um, and then add in someone else's do extra songs. So, yeah, it's not disaster. It's not as stressful when, when you get sick. And someone's right. always invariably sick on tour because it's such a shit way of living and so unhealthy. Yeah. So, like, if someone gets a cold, it just gets passed around. Um, so, yeah, it's not it's not as scary. Like, I, I used to find the solo singing stuff on tour very scary. And it, it's so boring because you're like, I became a singer so I could have a fun time. Yeah. And then you, you you're touring and you're like, I have to go home. And go to bed and everyone um, else is having fun. I wish yeah, I was I struggle with drama. that a little bit. I think the, <laughs> the recipe is sleep. It's uh, I can drink yeah. as much as I want and I can, you know, yeah. go for it on stage. But if I get like eight hours at least of sleep, I'm usually okay. Yeah. But it is the like constant just like... Ah, oh, man, I'm on like a tightrope here. If anything goes wrong with my voice, that's it. We mm. can't do the show. Mm. Have you ever had to cancel? No. We had a disaster in front of Jimmy Barnes in Wollongong at the very early days. Jizzle. His vocal Jizzle. technique's not well, exactly Jizzle. precise. Yeah, but what happened was we played Festival of the Sun the day before up uh, north of Sydney and then we had to drive down to Wollongong and play like the biggest show we'd played. I lost my voice because we got shit-faced and slept in a tent and um, we played a half-hour set where my voice was like... <laughs> and then... 
fucking Jimmy Barnes, a hundred year old, gets on stage <laughs> oh. and sings for like two and a half hours and is incredible. Mm. Like perfect. Like he's doing How old is not a hundred? How old is he? No, he's like, Long-ish. I don't know, sixty. He's yeah. not literally a hundred. Sorry for that false <laughs> advertising. It's less impressive. I made a joke you. for effect. My point was he's not super old, but he's like impressively mm. in shape for however old he I is. I think he realized like when we're just dropping a big bomb, but we toured with Midnight Oil in the, in America, and we were so amazed at their um, endurance and like they were touring around the whole world. Like mostly you tour, you do like Europe and the States yeah. and the UK. They were doing the whole entire world, um, <laughs> and they all had these crazy flus. Um, Jim and Jeannie ended up snapping his hamstring and like being wheeled onto stage. Um, yeah, they were just such powerhouses, though. Every time they performed formed they would just bring more energy than I can even fathom like face melting energy at the ages of like 60 to 65 yeah and yeah they were just and they had 280 songs on their set list which they would just rotate every night to be like let's do the other 20 songs that we didn't do last night and it was just went for three days (laughs) 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 it was just so impressive watching them we were like these are why that's why they are they're kind of gods because because yeah, they're actually good. The endurance of like the physical endurance alone is so impressive. Yeah. They did look like they'd been hit by trucks when they came <laughs> off the stage, but then you that was kind of even more pre- impressive. You were like, yeah, because you, you really it gave it all. Yeah, yeah. But I, like I think that's like one of the biggest, um, you know, um, bits of misinformation for like the fans, not. Knowing that Midnight Oil would do something like that, they'd be like, oh, they're a fucking rock band. They just get out there and do it every day. Mm. But it's like, no, they like bust their ass and they've been doing this for years. And it's like something that they've struggled with, I'm sure, for however mm. long. And mm. it's like, I don't, I, oft, I often wonder like how many artists there are out there that literally just don't give a shit and just do it and like don't take care of themselves whatsoever. Mm. I'd imagine. Few. Yeah. I'm really impressed when, like, I've been playing with Missy Higgins and she is the most relaxed before a show of anyone I've ever seen. It's kind of like she's breastfeeding, she's chatting to, she's getting people in on the door. Like, she's like, yeah, I, I find that stuff really <laughs> stressful when people are calling you, like, our name was supposed to be on the door and we're on this festival and we can't get in. It's like, why are you calling me? I'm about to go on stage. Like, I, I can't help you. But she would just be like, oh, just put them on and she'll talk to, like, the, the booking people like it's insane and then she'll just walk on stage and, and look at me and go what song am I doing first and I'm like <laughs> she does a solo song first and she never kind of she just kind of walks on and goes oh yeah I'll just do this one and there's like 20,000 people yeah and the, her her level of relaxation just affects everyone in the band everyone's just really chill well I guess like it's to that so end good. a lot of it uh, and the success of performing and having good mental health is the most detrimental thing is the pressure you put on yourself and like that anxiety. So mm. it's like if you're able to just put that all aside, yeah. then you're Missy Higgins. And she's it's probably worked that out. Like she's probably really over time worked out that she has to be so calm and do, yeah, kind of make no fuss. Otherwise she'll build herself up maybe. Yeah. 
that. Yeah. But having it's kids also puts things into perspective like that. Mm. You're just like, oh, this it's is no a piece big deal. Of, yeah, actually, this is a holiday. Fucking music. The mums and dads that come on tour are always just like, oh my God, I get to actually sleep. This is the nicest <laughs> yeah. holiday from my life. <laughs> when you guys get nervous at all? Mm, well, uh, that's what I was I was thinking with the the con of being in a four piece where you can kind of relax if you're not feeling up to scratch is that you can kind of relax too much and you can sort of forget to put like your show game on because mm. you you rely on your gang on the stage so some so I don't get nervous for X's gigs at all unless it's unless it's a really big one mm. that we kind of really want to go well but yeah it probably would be good to get a bit more nervous. <laughs> There you know? could be a positive energy that comes with nerves at a totally. time. Totally. I, I get really nervous for solo stuff, like super duper nervous, but yeah, not with exes. I don't yeah, know. I've always felt pretty relaxed about exes yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that's great. My my nerves do not help me in any area. I actually I am known to pass out from nerves like <laughs> on stage. <laughs> so There's what? a story there. Yeah, well I passed out on on the on stage at the end more like two months ago. Oh, no, it was like October last year. Um, and it was like I didn't realise I could actually even physically do that. Um, and I just woke up on the stage at, on the, at the end more and I was like, whoa, this what, like, is Well, you made terrible. it into the wings. <laughs> I did. I managed to get off to the side. <laughs> but like. Who are you playing with? With Missy. I was oh, doing right. backing vocals for Missy and um, I hit it. I actually it was a terrible story but I hit like sort of a bung note and I was really embarrassed and there was a guy that I really liked in the audience <laughs> and I actually just went into like a panic spiral and um, I was like, please don't pass out, Alana. This, the only thing that could make this worse is if you become unconscious. And then I was yeah. like, oh, that's about to happen. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, and I just thought myself like into it and just, and just passed out. It was terrible and my parents were there and um afterwards I texted them I was like just letting you know I'm okay and they're like oh yeah we just assumed you fainted <laughs> they're, just, they're so it obvious accustomed to it I guess so like I guess as in you fainted <laughs> on stage or you I wandered walked, off stage? I walked off to the side in the middle of a song and just lay down <laughs> <laughs> luckily I didn't fall down this time but um it was just it was really a horrible thing to know that that's even possible because I didn't think yeah. it was. I thought you were in a state of arousal. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm fairly aroused on stage. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, aroused and aroused. Choice of words. <laughs> I didn't know that 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 you could. We don't all have an on-tour masturbator to take our load <laughs> pre-show. Get that, get that over and done with pre-show. This is innuendo. We need like an innuendo bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was lovely about it. He was really sweet. Um, but, yeah, it was super embarrassing. And I didn't ever recover from the knowledge that, that I fainted in front of him because he's not, he's not that. He's not like cool. He's not cool enough to warrant that reaction uh. from me. Um, oh, you were taking it. You thought you were worried that he would take it as the ultimate swoon. In a way, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. what? Wow. Ham was he in the. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in the crowd and, and he would have assumed that you like swooned over. What kind of an <laughs> asshole would be like, yeah, she passed out because I was there? <laughs> it, it kind of was related, you know. It was re- I was so horrified that I sang this note in front of this guy. What does he care about um, bung notes? I, he he wouldn't care. It was the, but it was the first time he'd seen me sing, 
So um, was it the first time I've seen you pass out? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a double whammy. <laughs> yeah, get it out and ever and done with. <laughs> Two but things you, you need sing. to know about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't sing and pass out all the time. <laughs> That's the most you have to offer. Well. It's the best bit. It's a good summary, actually. It's not bad. <laughs> As the four of them descended into madness, uh, I wasn't sure if the conversation with them calmed Novak down about his voice, particularly because he does have to give it his all on stage. Backstage at the Sydney gig, Dave is testing his falsetto, quaffing lemon and ginger tea, because, well... But he was wrong about one thing. He's not the only singer at that gig tonight. Polish Club's Sophomore Slump is produced by Tom Hogan. All music by Polish Club, except we used a snippet of I'm Gonna Get My Heart Cut Out by All Our Exes Live in Texas. Big thanks to Alana and Georgia from the band. You should listen to their album, When We Fall, available everywhere. Tell your friends about this podcast, about how it's a behind-the-scenes look at some tortured but charismatic artists that isn't depressing. And if you haven't already, you should probably listen to Polish Club's album, Iguana. What's the time? Hello. Uh, hey, Charlotte. Dad picked up this time. <laughs> now we don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We probably should have had a contingency plan in case you yeah. picked up. Next uh, time, next time, don't pick up. All right. What's you your only mysterious plan number? for me not to pick up? <laughs> I, I, well, thinking through it now, we also did not know what we were going to say. Should you not have picked up? I, I can, I can hang up, and you can still do it. If you no, really no, want. no, 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 no. Um, have you seen Avengers Endgame? 